0: Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to episode fourteen of Away from the Pitch. We've got another big name from the world of Illawarra football, in former George Naylor medalist Vaughan Patterson. Vaughan, thanks for coming on. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Your IPL journey started in two thousand and twelve at Balls Paddock. What led to that point?
1: Um, so, yes, as a junior, I didn't play Wolves. Um, at the junior age until under 18s, I think. I had to go up to Sydney Olympic in the 15s and Sutherland in the 16s. Uh, and then I came back to the Wolves in the 18s. Um, we had a pretty successful year that year. Uh, we won the, the league in the grand final and had a few, few guys like Jack Keating, Nick Littler, um, Andy Gambler, a few other guys like that in the team. We did really well. And then... Um, yeah, played another year of 18s there, and then 20s with um, with Jeff Allport, which is where I first sort of come across him, uh, and and Trevor was coaching, Trevor Morgan was coaching first grade then, um, had a year there, and then, um, yeah, moved across to Bulleye, um, that sort of come through Jared Fish, um, he was going to make the move across and sort of spoke to me about what I was thinking of doing, and I hadn't really got a chance to play any first grade at that stage. Um, they'd sort of handed out contracts halfway through the that twenties year I was there and I didn't didn't get one myself, so I sort of thought maybe it's time to try try something different. Um, and I was at uni, so I sort of thought let's um have a chat with Bully and, and see what happens there. And then yeah, signed so up there and, and Brycey Donnell came across as well down from Southo. Um and, and Guy come from the wolves as well. So yeah, we got sort of a pretty good young core there and, and that was the year Brendan Fordham came came up, I guess from from the narrow way and yeah, we're pretty lucky to have a, a good young team there the first the first year.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at, obviously, I've just got your scores up from 2013 at July. obviously you were the year, there the year before, but you meant like you mentioned the nights likes of Fordham were there. Jordan Murray broke into the side that year. Matthew Bailey came back in 2013 as well. And obviously, Ben McDonald was scoring goals up front as well. He ended up having two years of Balls Paddock, which overall was, was a successful in terms of the amount of wins the side managed to get on their board. But back-to-back grand final defeats must have been tough for someone in their, at the right at the start of their
1: senior career. Yeah, I guess it was tough. I mean... It's a while ago now, thinking, thinking back to it. But, yeah, like you said, being the first sort of grand final appearances as a, as a first grader, um, yeah, you obviously want to want to win those games. And it was quite a big thing, I think, for Buller at the time as everyone goes on about the sort of hoodoo thing there, which, um, yeah, which didn't help with everything. But I, I really think we just come up against two, two pretty good sides. I mean, that Dan Deleu side that we lost to the first year, had had everyone in. I mean, they had the Reedies, had and Munro in his prime, had Spencer there, and I think Checkley. I think they were all there, and we ended up, I think, finishing the league with equal points with them, and then and then yeah, we just lost the lost the grand final, unfortunately, and then the, and then the second year, that, that Port Kembler side, um, yeah, they were a really good side as well, and and again, we come came second to them in the league. I think it was a bit of a gap. Between first and second, that second year, and I think that, I think they won a lot of they won a lot of games. I think they only lost they dropped points or something in the first five or six rounds, and then they won out through the rest of the year. So yeah, again, come up against them in the grand final, and I, I don't think we played really bad in either of those games. It's just you know, the other team sort of yeah stepped up and and had that individual quality to beat us.
0: You transferred to Tarawana for the 2014 season. You scored seven goals for the Blueies that year. Could I ask, what sort of player were you at that stage and have you changed throughout your career? Because probably the part, like, obviously you're predominantly a central midfielder, but I have seen you play pretty much as a striker as well as a centre-back at times. So, uh, how has your position on the field changed over the years?
1: Yeah, like you said, I've sort of played everywhere within that spine, I guess. Um, at the back, really, not so much. I think I played one cup game there up at Hokoa for Albion Park. Um, but, yeah, other than that, sort of defensive mid, centre mid, box to box, and played the attacking mid and, and up front at stages. Um, yeah, I guess I started off at, at Bullo in a more... Brendan Fordham next to me sort of had a bit more legs to me to give, um, get around. He did a lot of the defensive and scrappy work, which freed me up to sort of be a bit more of a ball-playing um, midfield and sort of get forward. Um, and then at Tarawana, I, I had Rick Goodchild in front of me who who sort of had, had that creative role covered, I guess. So, yeah, I don't know why I scored more goals that year. I mean, I did score four goals in one game out of the seven for the whole year. So that okay. probably... <laughs> that was a bit of a weird one. So, yeah, I think... I, and, then, and then I guess as I moved to to Dandy, uh to Dandelier and to Albion Park, I played more of a defensive role. Um, just just the sheer fact, I guess, of all the, the quality players going forward in those teams, I, it wasn't really necessary for me to do too much more and I was able to... Um, I guess I got a bit more older have a bit more of a leadership and, and, and talking and structuring the team from behind is a bit easier when you're in that uh, defensive mid role rather than sort of running all over the shop or, or running around up front. But, yeah, I guess I've just really done whatever's been asked of me of, of the coaching coaching staff and, and, yeah, just drifted everywhere in that midfield towards the forwards as well.
0: I just picked up your scoring stats from the 2014 season just then. And, yeah, you did pick up four goals against Albion Park in a 4-2 yeah. win. You actually scored it against them in the other game as well, a goal against Balambi, as well as a goal against the Dandelier Fury. Interestingly enough, you'd go on to play for all, all of those clubs. Um, and also, that Harkoa game, that was for Albion Park that you played centre-back, I recall. So uh, what, did,
1: what did I say?
0: Oh, well, you didn't say anything. But I'm pretty oh, okay. sure it was for our yeah, buck. Yeah. and it just comes to yeah. mind. I brought up the centre back, you playing centre back, because I'm pretty sure you won that game, didn't you?
1: No, I think no? we lost. I think we lost time? on penalties. Penalties, yeah, yeah. Extra, extra time and penalties, and then and then we lost because yeah, FFA Cup, we lost that game. And funnily enough, I think the three Japanese boys all missed the penalties. Which, oh, which God normally God. You'd, put, you'd put your house on a dough to put it in. So, exactly. Yeah,
0: a... But only one year of Carawana, just missed out on the top five that year. But then you moved to the Dapdo Dandaloo Fury. You've already mentioned that they had the who's who of Illawarra football and they were still a very strong team. That year, I think Robbie Shields was leading the line in that season in 2015. The side claimed the league championship. And that was the year you also claimed the George Naylor medal. What are your memories from that season? Is it your best individual season?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess so. I think when you look back at the stats and and everything, I guess, of my season that year, I think I I scored pretty similar to maybe what I was at Tara in that defensive role. I think it was a lot more headers and and stuff, offset pieces and whatnot that I scored that year. And, um, yeah, I just think... um, I sort of moved across there a lot to do with um, with Noel Spencer coaching there i I had the opportunity to go there the year before when I went to Tarawana and i just didn't didn't feel too comfortable there that year because there was obviously a lot of at that stage um there was a lot of that was sort of the only team well not the only team but I guess the big team that were getting a lot of players in for for their seasons and and I had seen guys previously go there and, and just sort of sit on the bench and sort of dwindle out to 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 nothing, I guess. And I didn't really want to didn't really want to do that myself. So I really when I spoke with Noel the second year, he really sort of convinced me of exactly what he wanted to do and that he'd sort of asked specifically for me and, and exactly the role he wanted me to do, having obviously he'd played there a lot long time himself. So that was a big influence. And then yeah, I think he had a a very big part in my success um, there at Dr. Dandaloo, and then also moving forward to um, to obviously later in my career, at Albion Park and whatnot. but yeah I did, I didn't I didn't expect to get obviously to get even nominated for that, that George Della medal. There's a lot of good players around in the league, and like you said, we had a, a very good team and, and Shieldsy or, or anyone could have been could have won that, but yeah I was lucky enough to win that, and yeah, it was just a pretty awesome feeling
0: once again, I've picked up the scoring list from that season. Sixteen different scorers for the Fury that year, which is pretty incredible. And you look at, Mm. you just look at some of the names. Obviously, Cheekily Munro, Shieldsy, Del Turco, yourself, Ricky Zuko picked up five goals that year as well. And but despite having picking up your first league title, I believe that was your first league title as well, was it not? Or did you claim one? Yes. Yeah. No, so no, that was I that was the first one. Second time. <laughs> yeah. Um so but it was only one season of the Fury and you moved to Albion Park White Eagles. Why did uh you decide not to st- stick around to the Fury?
1: Um, I think was that the year they went across to Kemberwara possibly? Uh two thousand sixteen, um, yeah. Yeah, so I I I think I just decided to go down. I had a chat with with Bryce Dunnell, who was playing down there, who's one of my, my close mates, and um, he sort of told me about the club, and and I knew that uh, Noel wasn't going to be be coaching next year there, um, and I yeah, I think I just sort of when I spoke with Bryce and he told me about the club and whatnot, and then it it came out that Jeff was going to be coaching, and I obviously knew him from the Wolves setup, um, yeah, it just sort of seemed like seemed like the right move for me. Um, it seemed like a really good good bunch of guys down there, and and I knew the way that Jeff would want to play would suit my suit my style. Um, I think I think Luke Luke Maguire took over the next year, and and I just left from Tara with him, and I, I think he sort of felt in the end like I was running away from him for a bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just 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 made sense for me when I thought about it, and I guess that's that's everywhere I've moved clubs, and I guess it probably looks like a, I guess I have moved around a fair bit, but. I just sort of go with my gut and how I feel it's gonna be and majority of the time it's I haven't really regretted any of the moves I've made. So so yeah, I just sort of went with what I felt was gonna be right and
0: yeah. Albion Park had a incredible year in two thousand sixteen with that incredible run to the grand final where they beat the Fury at Wind Stadium and in a fantastic spectacle really and how does it really compare? Those two seasons look to be the standout seasons of your career, but how did how does twenty how did twenty sixteen compare to
1: twenty fifteen? Yeah, they, I guess looking at that, they definitely were the two two biggest seasons I had. Um, it's a bit of a weird one because I feel like the Albion Park stands out for me as I don't know a, a bit more memorable for me. I'm not sure why. I guess in this country the grand finals are sort of thing and and when the season all ends and you go off and celebrate if you've won the grand final it just seems to have be a little bit more special um, so yeah I guess winning winning the league at, at fury was a good achievement because i ne- I'd never done it before and I played I guess quite a critical role in that squad with a lot of good players but yeah then also the Albion Park just I guess the way we started um quite slow and and there was a lot of changes at, at the club at that stage. Like there was a lot of older guys that uh, didn't end up really playing with us. And and Jeff, I think, to get across exactly what he wanted to do with everyone and his plans for everything and the way he wanted us to play, took took a little bit to come through. But once it did, we just we just took off, and it was just one of those one of those runs where you just didn't feel like you were going to lose. Like there was just games where we just went in knowing we were going to win, and even if something went wrong, we just Knew we were going to turn it around. Well, that's that was my feeling, and speaking to other people was was quite similar. And then, yeah, the run to the grand final, and and having um, witness show for those show A for those six months was just something of I've, I've never seen before in my life. Like he, he just he was untouchable and, and could really do anything. And his his link up with especially Riku, but also Co up front there, like. The three guys that I don't think had ever played together before, like it was just incredible. And then yeah, to to get the trophy for Albion Park and see what it meant to everyone on, on that grand final day was was something special.
0: It was a pretty intense atmosphere that Albion Park were able to get going and yeah, honestly <laughs> uh Showtime Akuno's. whenever this grand final will be talked about for the rest of time, he's the he's the player that's gonna be mentioned because he was phenomenal on that day and phenomenal mm-hmm. that season. But moving forward to the next year, and the show was still around, and a lot of the players were still around, but the, the things just weren't able to click. So, what what did go wrong? And was it? I asked uh, Jeff Allport about this on the original, the first ever episode of this series, and I asked him, was it because uh, they you lost recruiting? Uh, Co. Was that a major factor, or was there what? What, what do you think led to? Uh, um, relatively poor season, but still throughout that season there were signs that you were about to click.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I think I think when when those two boys left up top and we replaced them with um Yombo and Hikaru, I mean you've seen the quality of what Hikaru can produce in the in the years past that. Like he's he's obviously a a quality player. And, and I think he even played with, with Shohei in, in Japan somewhere. Like, I think they're, they're pretty good mates. But, yeah, it, was just, it, it just didn't seem to quite work. And I know everyone, I think it's well documented that, that Sho had some sort of injury that he had as well. But, I mean, it can't all come down to that. I think there was a bit of a strange strange atmosphere. I don't know if it was because we we just won the grand final. And, and it's almost like that was just such a high-high for everyone around the club uh, that... Going back to like a normal season, if we didn't if we didn't win every game or, or it wasn't exactly the same, everyone just seemed to be a little bit disappointed. I guess is the vibe I sort of got. Um, and and that, that definitely wasn't Jeff. Like Jeff stuck at exactly what he wanted to do. But um, yeah, I think I think the pressure and everything there when it when it didn't when it wasn't coming good straight away. Even though you know, as you said the year before, I said the year before it started off slow as well. But yeah, there was a different sort of expectation there, I think, and and it just sort of yeah dwindled away in, into nothing that year. And uh, Georgie and Nat came and, and took over for a little bit, and we sort of had a bit of a spike again. I guess somewhere whenever I can't remember exactly when they took over, but we sort of I think we beat Olympic in the in the cup or something like that. Like we start we we got a few started to get a few little results here and there, but yeah, it was just I think a little bit too little too late and and. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just was what it was in the end. I'm pretty sure
0: you were only a, a win or so off making the five that year. But yeah, it just didn't click. And maybe, yeah, it, was, it, was close. maybe it was the fact that 2016 was such a fairy tale run that probably coming down from mm. that high would have been pretty tough. But you did mention George Antonio, George Antonio rather, came in at the White Eagles at the back end of that year. He signed up with the Wollongong Olympic the following year and you decided to join Olympic. How did you fit into the Olympic side straight away?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess if you look at the players, I knew sort of the guys they had and who was who was sticking around and I'd played with a few of the guys before. Um, Obviously played next to Fordo there at Eye for a bit, so that was sort of pretty... Easy slot in there for me next to him, um, and then Jack Keating at the back. I'd, I'd played with before, and I think Hardis went there the same year. I went there, or maybe the year before. Um, so I played with I played with a few of the guys before. So and obviously played with George. So yeah, it made Yeah, it, it made fitting in pretty easy into that team. And um, yeah, I just I guess I moved up to Sydney. That was the year I sort of started living in Sydney as well. So travelling to. To Albia Park, Tuesday Thursdays and and whatnot. I I didn't really think it was going to be sustainable for me in terms of just I guess enjoying it and and whatnot. So that's why I decided to sort of make the move a little bit closer up, just to the bottom of Mount Oosley there. And, and yeah, it it was the first the first bit of Olympic was yeah, pretty seamless. I felt.
0: I want to go straight to the two thousand and nineteen Grand Final. And not really to discredit Carmel because they were very strong on the day and in many ways nullified Olympic. But Olympic seemed to struggle to really get into the game after they took that uh, really early lead. And, yeah, that, is there any regrets from that game?
1: I mean, I think everyone everyone regrets something in that, in that game. I guess it was... I don't know. I couldn't exactly put my finger on what it was. Like you said, we sort of dominated that that whole year, um, and to not to not finish it off with a grand final win was pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, they just seemed, seemed to want it more in the end. Coromel, and and won a lot of ball, and even though we you know scored right at the start of that game, it's just the tide seemed to turn really quick, and then, and we couldn't get back from it. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you exactly what went wrong, but yeah, it was, it was really disappointing. Obviously, um, and like you, like you sort of alluded to, it's, it was a bit of a strange feeling having left Olympic after two years and being so close to a lot of things. And I guess some people would look at it and and say we didn't win enough. So yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, I, I don't know.
0: Just looking back over the two years, so the first season, so 2018, the side finished runners-up to Bulleye in the league, and then I believe you went with, in one game of the grand final. I think you made the prelim, and you got knocked out by... United. Yeah, it was United that season, and you took out the Bourbon Cup <coughs> in 2018 as well. And then the following season, you... Sh- your odds on to, to take out the S2 Burbank Cups in a row, but Bulleye caused an upset <laughs> on that day. So yeah. that, that uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to seem too harsh, but just looking at the strength of that Olympic team, it uh,
1: yeah. might no, seem I a get, bit an underachievement. Yeah, well, it, yeah, like I said before, I think, I think people do view that and, um, we had pretty high expectations from ourselves as well. And, uh, yeah, so I guess looking back at that 2018 season to start with, I mean, we were very close to to, to um, taking out that, that league. Um, we only lost one game that that entire season, which was two Bulleye, um right at the start, um, yeah. which even that loss against them, I think we lost 2-1 with a penalty right at the end or whatever it was. Um, so... Yeah, I think they were just a re- they were really good that year, and and it come down to the last day, and I think even for ten minutes or something, we were we were on top, and then they they got a late goal or something like that against Coromandel. So, I mean, yeah, losing one game, I wouldn't say that's that's a bad season, but when you look at silverware, it's tough. And then yeah, like you said, we won the Bur Bampton, and then to get knocked out the way we did was very disappointing. I think that United game was just. I don't know if we changed the what the way we were sort of playing from from earlier in the year or, or what it was, but um, yeah, again, I guess similar to you'd say the Corrimal game uh, in two thousand and nineteen, they just seemed to seemed to want the game more and were a bit more hungry for it, and um, yeah, I think that's I think that's why we went out next year uh, that year, and then we wanted to make a difference and and sort of turn it around for two thousand and nineteen, and then. We did in the we did in the in the league. I think we were sort of dominating from the start there and, and didn't really look like getting caught from from memory. I know it was only last year, but um, and then the Burt Bampton, like you said, to lose that, especially to to bull eye for myself, was pretty pretty annoying. Um, I think it was quite a windy day, but I don't want to make excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just remember. I think it was that was yeah. that Constance? Yeah. I Yeah, remember it being a a very weird game and I think they got, we just lost 1-0, right? And, mm. yeah, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, we just, for whatever reason, we didn't win that one and then, and then going into that grand final, I was super confident that year and, and yeah, as we discussed earlier, it was just, Carmel turned up on the day and, and they had a pretty good, a few individuals there with <laughs> Elliot up front and, um, what's his name, Wada in the, in the yeah. middle there and, Bunry or whatever at the back. So, I mean, they weren't slobs or anything and had the experience of Checkley and, and whatnot there. But I guess anything you really start, when you start talking about the other team, you probably just start to make excuses. But, yeah, like I'm, I'm not disappointed, I guess, with any of it. And, um, yeah, it's just...
0: It's I weird. think we'll finish the Olympic chat maybe on... A- I'll finish it with a bit more of a positive note because yeah, good. I don't want to seem too too <laughs> negative because overall that was <laughs> that was a very strong Olympic side for the two seasons George has been there. Obviously he's there this year as well and also the, the year before they've been one of the best teams of the comp and have just it's been unfortunate that uh, some other good teams have been really uh, competitive throughout that time as well. But you decided for this season to make the move to Belambi, which on the face of it people would say it's a pretty strange move
1: <laughs> I don't know what you mean Dylan. no um, <laughs> yeah I guess it, I guess it probably looks like that from the outside but for myself I just I felt like last year for whatever reason my my motivation to, to do it all had sort of started to drop away I sort of felt that personally and, and uh, it probably reflected in my performances sometime. For a bit there, and um, yeah, I just felt like I needed I needed something different. Um, and obviously, like I sort of said earlier, pretty good mates with Bryce Bryce Donnell and we just sort of wanted to play play somewhere together. Um, and you know, I spoke with Painy um, from Ballambi, and yeah, it was straight away similar to like I said to other situations where I've moved on to different clubs. It was just everything he said made sense to me. Um, the way he wanted to play, his ideas for everything, the guys who was looking at signing. Um, and yeah, it just, just seemed like a, a good fit for me. So um, yeah, it wasn't really, I guess, having gone back now thinking about, you know, what I've done in the league and stuff previously, I guess it wasn't really always about, uh, I wasn't really too bothered with being in the best team or, you know, trying to dominate anything like that. You know what I mean? I'd sort of, been there and done that and I thought maybe this is a good opportunity to work with some um some younger kids and and some guys I knew from Tara and stuff before as well who were there and, and play with my mate my mate Bryce and and see if we could do something. Um yeah by all means I'm definitely not saying I'm going there to just kick back and relax. I got I think with the guys we've got and whether the year or not goes ahead, but um yeah I think we got a, a really good crack. But I I just needed a, a change of scene and and yeah the way the way Paney wants to play and, and the club and everything there have been great so far, so yeah, I'm definitely very excited more than I have been for probably the last you know two or three years so
0: you were one of the earlier signings for the rosellas were you really enjoying the pro season?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome like I, I sort of felt it's it's pretty disappointing really that we we haven't got to play because I was feeling. Pretty good, like probably the, the most sopper fit, I guess, I've, I've felt at the start of a season in a while. And um, yeah, with the guys we, we had around us, um, the, the young guys that had come down from, from Helensburg and, and Liam Unicom and, um, you know, could go on. But, you know, a few of those young guys around me, I felt like it was a, it was a good balance of the team. Um And Payne had all, all the ideas of of what he wanted to do, so and even the Japanese guys that we brought in towards the end there looked looked the goods as well so whether we whether we see them again or not, who knows so um yes yeah, it was dis- it's disappointing that we haven 't we 're not halfway through the season already, but i mean we'll um yeah we'll see what happens hopefully we can play and and show what we can do
0: there were some definitely exciting talents up front for Bolambi this season and hopefully we do get to see some of them at some point this year. But moving on to the final part of today's podcast and it will be making the Bourne-Patterson five-a-side team. And look, you've played with some of the best players that have played in the Allura over the last decade. So uh, you're a bit spoiled for for choice, mate. So we'll start off (laughs) in goals.
1: Yes, in goals, uh, I have to go Brycey. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, big surprise, right? Um but yeah, not not as any a good mate of mine. I think um he's he's definitely, you know, one of the best keepers I've played with. Um, not even just his, his goalkeeping ability, but the way he talks from the back and how comfortable he is on the ball, it makes um I, I'd feel like if I was a defender I'd wanna I'd wanna play with him and and even as a midfielder he sometimes he'll play the ball into me in midfield and you know you know he's going to be comfortable doing all that sort of stuff and he's deceptively agile if we, if we can put it that way you'll
0: enjoy that um, moving into your defenders
1: yes uh, I had to think about this and I, I'm gonna to have to go two at the back of thing to no. fit in who I want so I've gone Jack Keating which I've listened to a few of the other podcasts and he's I think he's he must be up there with with picks in the in the fiber side so, but he's just yeah yeah, between him and the other defender I've got, they're definitely the two best I've played with. Keating's definitely the best the best centre-back I've played against or with in, in the Premier League. And, yeah, he straightened yeah. him easy.
0: Yeah, just from the sideline, he'd be my top pick for a centre-back in the IPL and alongside yeah.
1: him. I've got Nick Littler there. So I played with him, yeah. at, um, him at Wolves. And, again, another good mate of mine. And, um, yeah, when I played with him at Wolves in the 18s, and actually, I thought about this today. That I think they were both in that 18s team together. But um, mm. yeah, but Nick Nick's obviously still at the Wolves. Um, yeah, um, great doing great, great things at the Wolves as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, really good with his feet. Um, good in the air. Pretty much a good all-round centre back. So yeah, those two together, um, we might just park the bus. I don't know yet.
0: Could see him back in the IPL in a few years. You never know. But obviously, he's still. Uh, at the top of his game for the Wolves taking out the, the MPL Championship last year. But moving into midfield.
1: My midfield. So for midfield, I think it's pretty easy. I'm just going to go one in midfield. And do you think you can guess who I'm going with? I've already written it down on my notepad. <laughs> time. All right. I think we'll go with Shohei. Yep. We'll put him there. Um, he, can, he can pull the strings. Um, and I don't think he needs anyone with him. That's why I've got Keats and, and Leeds behind him. No, that's fair. Did When you were
0: playing alongside him, was there... Because obviously, well, most people on the sidelines seem to just be looking for people to pass the ball to to Kuno. But was there any particular way that Jeff set up to get the ball to him? Or was it just... Was it just um,
1: spur of the market? Uh, I would say no, nah, not really. Um, like it, obviously, I mean, it's pretty obviously he was our main attacking uh, attacking weapon. So the idea was to get the ball to his feet as as quick as we can, and then and then sort of let him do what he does with the boys up there. So the quicker we got it to him and and went forward from there. But I'd say the setup. I mean, he could do that himself anyway. He just he just had a way of finding space, and then you knew that you could. I could basically zing it in to him as hard as I wanted um, as long as it went to him and he was going to be able to control it and do something with it there moving forward. So I had a pretty easy job behind him. I always tell everyone, like, I really just had to defend, get the ball and give it to show and then, yeah, make sure that we didn't get counted.
0: (laughs) How early on in that season did you recognise that you had a top player on your hands? I'd say it was pretty late. Just just adding into there, because obviously the second half of the season is what that season for Albion Park is known about, but yeah. still scoring a few goals in the earlier rounds. But was there a point where you're like, yeah.
1: oh, this guy's a genuine gun? I, yeah, I can't remember a specific point, to be honest, or like a, an actual time where I went, wow, he's, he's a gun. But I mean, like at the start, I don't think I really thought much of him to be honest like any of the three guys I mean you just obviously they're all all of the Japanese guys that come down are technically you know really good and and you could see that but I I, yeah I thought he was going to be a good player but definitely not what what he sort of turned out to be towards the end of the year and yeah he sort of started off I would say from my perspective pretty pretty slow in terms of what he was at the end of the year he just sort of crept up on it and then before you knew it it was just sort of playing with a freak in the midfield there, like it just sort of—I can't remember a specific time, but it, yeah, he just started off a bit slow, and then, and then by the end, you just knew what he was about, and and to get in the ball, and and the rest was he'd do himself. Sensational talent, and let's finish yes. off this team up front. Yes, so I had three. I had I know, oh, I, know yeah. I need one. I know I know I need one. I got Robbie Shields, and I got Riku, and I couldn't leave Useke out. So. I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with Shieldsy Shieldsy in his prime. I mean, he only I don't know how many games he actually played for us at Fury, but because he came in when uh, Ricky Zuko broke his leg, I think. But well, I think that was quite early. But um, yeah, he was just he he was a he was unbelievable. Like his turn of pace and when he was changing direction, some of the stuff he did at training was just unbelievable. Um, yeah, Rick, Ricky gets a close shout because he was his link up with Show was. They were like telepathic, those two. So, they'd be pretty good. Um, and obviously, Uskin knew how to find the back of the net pretty well. So, But I'll go with Robbie, Robbie's, Robbie Shields.
0: through great strikers. But, yeah, Shields, he is a tremendous shout. And I actually think if I were to go back over the 5 or side teams, he would have picked up the most mentions. I think he's made about four oh, teams yeah. now. So. Uh, right. There's no real surprise there. Ueda and Riku are still good shouts, but yeah, Bobby mm-hmm. Shields to round out that team. And like I said, that's a pretty strong team. <laughs> and it, it, mm, goes, it good goes, goes to show you, uh, <laughs> playing at a couple of half-decent clubs as well. But yeah, with true. that, we've reached the end of this episode. So Vaughan, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on.
1: No worries. You too. Thanks, mate.
0: Thanks also to the listeners. I hope you join us again on Tuesday for episode 15 of Away From The Pitch.